This is episode 18 of your MedMal podcast, Discovering the Needle. Nurse consultants help you discover what you didn't know that you didn't know about how to win your medical malpractice case. If you're new to our podcast, welcome. You can learn more about how behind-the-scenes legal nurse consulting can improve your firm's win rates and profitability by following us on LinkedIn or visiting our website at www.nplegalconsultants.com. It's time to discover the nurse consultant advantage. Let's get started. Today, our guest is Laurie Morgan. Welcome to the show, Laurie. Thank you for having me, Elisa. Tell us about your clinical background and we'll go from there. Well, I've been a nurse for a really long time. I started as a nursing assistant when I was in high school and I've worked my way through medical surgical. I've done labor and delivery. I've been a school nurse. I actually did dabble as a clinical instructor also. I've worked on floors with my students in telemetry as well as Jerry Psychiatric. So that kind of got me into a lot of the different hospitals in different areas. I've worked in large teaching hospitals. I've worked in home care where we had a lot of wounds at that time. I work with adults with developmental disabilities right now and all of their psychiatric needs. So that's just a few of the things that I've done. This has come up so many times on the podcast as nurses were really blessed to have the ability to jump from one area of nursing to another without having to go through additional training or formal education. So it's a real blessing over the span of a career that we can do that. It sounds like you've taken advantage of that in your career. Absolutely. A lot of the times I did end up choosing jobs and positions that would work with my family. That is something that we can do as nurse. So I do feel blessed to be able to do that. Legal nurse consulting is a really good way for nurses to use their skills and knowledge from home. And that helps with their life work balance. I can see that sort of a common denominator in some of the choices that you have made in your nursing career. All of those things have in common. You are intensely familiar with standards of care, working in a teaching hospital working in academia, you have to be on your game when it comes to knowing the actual standards of care. So I, I'm sure that helps you in your legal nurse consulting. Absolutely, because that's definitely something to focus on when you're working with students is teaching them that standard of care. There's what the standard of care is and should be, and then there's reality sometimes. And what we're held to from a legal standpoint is the true standard of care, what we learned in nursing school. Exactly. Sometimes there's that line where the standard of care versus reality, and that can be an important lesson when you're with students. As a clinical instructor, it may be difficult because you have to educate them on, okay, this is how this should be done, but then their actual preceptor, which is the person that they follow around or shadow on the actual floor, they may tell them something different. Yeah, That's an awesome clinical background to offer your services as a consultant to the legal profession as an LNC. And I understand that you do a fair bit of personal injury work at times for your clientele. Yeah, I've been fortunate to do med mal cases as well as personal injury. Laurie can be reached for consulting services at her website at lawlegalnurseconsulting.com. I'm excited because today's episode is a little bit different because so far we've had medical malpractice plaintiff stories primarily as the focus of our episodes. And today... I just thought we could have a special episode and share a different way that nurses can help attorneys. A lot of attorneys that take medical malpractice cases for the plaintiff also do a lot of personal injuries. So I thought this would be a great special episode to bring Laurie on and talk about a personal injury case where a nurse was needed to help sort out the things in the case. Laurie, when would a nurse be 
necessary in a personal injury case? Like when would that be helpful? Because we're not looking at standards of care in personal injury. Exactly. Typically, personal injury attorneys are very good at dealing with basic injuries. It's when there's multiple injuries over years that it gets complicated for the attorneys. So in this case, this older gentleman had falls in the past. He had motor vehicle injuries in the past. He actually already had some fusion surgery in his back where they fused the vertebrae together, where they actually used metal pieces to enclose his vertebra so that they were not causing pressure on his spinal cord. So this client already had all of these injuries prior, and then he ended up having another injury. He had an elevator accident where he damaged his spine further. And this time he actually started to have problems with urination. He had a condition called neurogenic bladder. Can you explain for our listeners what a neurogenic bladder is? So when we urinate, the signal comes from our brain and it goes down our central nervous system and down to the bladder. So if there's any interruption along that pathway, it will interrupt the ability to urinate and that's called urgency. And those were the symptoms that were found in this person's case after his accident. An elevator accident. That's seriously one of my worst nightmares. It's, it doesn't stop me from getting in an elevator, but taking an elevator accident case, I think that would make my phobia just a little bit worse. That's yeah. intense. I can't even imagine. Yeah, I make you think twice about going on the elevator and, and taking the stairs instead. Yeah, I don't know if depending on the building, I don't know if that's necessarily what I'll start doing. But yeah, that's that's crazy. So yeah. what you have to look at is trying to tease apart what was caused by the incident versus what was pre-existing. What kind of pushback do you get from the defense on cases like that when you're working a plaintiff case? So in this kind of case, obviously, the defense is going to really harp upon the past injuries and that the new injury is an aggravation, but it would not have been as severe if this gentleman didn't already have all of this damage to his spine and his spinal cord. My understanding with personal injury is that even if they do have pre-existing conditions, a clear exacerbation of that condition that is caused by the injury is enough to justify some compensation for that plaintiff. Exactly. I mean, you don't have to necessarily show that the patient had absolutely no prior injuries. Exactly. And in this case, he actually had very different symptoms after the accident. He did have some difficulties with urination prior to this injury, but after this accident, the symptoms were completely different. And I think as a nurse, it's easier for you to think outside the box in terms of the different body systems that can contribute to that outward manifestation of urinary problems. So for example, you talked about frequency and urgency. Certainly as a, a provider looking at that kind of presentation would have things like prostate problems on the differential as well as there's all sorts of body systems that get involved, kidneys, bladder, ureters, urethra, that kind of thing. The urinary system is pretty complicated and injury in the spinal system can cause potentially urinary problems. So in this gentleman, after the accident, he was having lots of incontinence, which is not getting to the bathroom in time. He was having lots of urgency and usually that would end up in an accident. In addition to that, he was also going to the bathroom during the day every hour. Sometimes he would not be able to empty at all. And then he was also getting up five to seven times a night. This is all post-accident? All post-accident. Prior to the accident, which was in his records, 
he did have some obstructive problems that can be related to prostate problems as men age, but it was very clear in his records that this was very stable prior to the accident. So one thing you were able to do for that attorney was to take a look at the records and really compare and contrast the difference between how he was presenting in terms of his urinary symptoms before versus after the accident. Yes, exactly. And that was really important to differentiate the two symptoms and even the treatment afterwards because he needed extensive treatment to try to help his symptoms. Unfortunately, he was not able to be treated with just PO medications. He ended up having to have some Botox treatments to his bladder and still was having some symptoms. I'm curious to know how you would present those sorts of findings to your attorney client. What strategies did you use in your work product? So I went over what medications he was using prior to the accident and then all the additional medications that he needed afterwards. I actually did a future cost projection because he needed continued treatment, medial branch block. He was already being treated with quite a few medications and the medications he was getting were pretty expensive. So his future cost projection was definitely an important part of the case. Is that something that the attorney asked you to do or is that something that you, after taking a look at the nature of the situation, you suggested to the attorney that you could do to help? Usually if it's just a basic like orthopedic injury, that person will have already gone through treatment and they're at a medical maximum improvement place in their treatment. Whereas in this case, it was very important because the patient was still undergoing treatment And these treatments were only temporary. And I love that because as a nurse, you can suggest a service that you can do to radically increase the value of the case or that actual compensation number of that case. Because if you didn't have that number, then you'd be working with a lot lower settlement. Exactly. A lot of times attorneys will think of services offered by a legal nurse consultant in terms of that hourly rate. And kind of be like, oh, a nurse costs this much per hour. When in reality, when you're looking at it as paying for someone to come in and increase the value of your case and just to turn that dial up, you can't, I want to say you can't put a number on that. I guess technically you can, but it's an investment that can turn around and have huge ROI for the attorney to, to just have someone who knows what they're talking about come in and turn up that dial on the value of the case. And especially for a patient like this, that's going to need continued treatment in the future. Yeah. I mean, you look at something like urinary problems, it's a little bit of a pain, but compared to other types of injuries, I can see where the average attorney without a medical background wouldn't necessarily see the dollar signs or the dollar amount attached to that. Because it is a symptom that is very disruptive to one's quality of life, certainly. Absolutely. But unless you're experiencing that and your pocketbook is experiencing what difference that makes in your life, it's hard to put that economic damages on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's easy to overlook the economic damages of something that is so clearly emotionally distressing and clearly life disruptive. Nobody can argue that uh, urinary problems are not a disruption in your life. Especially for this gentleman where it was impacting his daily life as well as his sleep. And if you're not sleeping well, then it can affect your day as well. In addition to all the appointments that he needed for medications and follow-up and Botox, it does add up for sure financially. Does a cost projection like that, do you get into the non-economic damages or is it strictly the economic damages? 
This was just basically for settlement purposes, give him some more information because he was worried that the defense was not going to take his case seriously because neurogenic bladder is definitely something that can be difficult to prove. Yeah. And in this case, he had bladder issues and urinary tract issues, which is anatomically, quite frankly, a distinct problem. It may present itself with similar symptoms, but it is a distinct pathophysiology that was going on. You come in and you're able to demonstrate through a clear chronology of symptoms, a clear uptick in the symptoms shortly after the elevator incident. Absolutely. And in this case, it was interesting because the patient did have the prior urology problems. So he already had a urologist. So he saw the urologist less than a month after the accident. Yeah. And that, that's good in this case because, yeah, it might be hard sometimes to get into a specialist that quickly. And when there's a huge gap between the time of the accident and the presentation of the symptoms on paper, then it can be really hard to make that case for causation. So that sounds like identifying that chronology really helped to increase the value of the case as well. Yeah, exactly. One other thing that I was asked to do for this case was to actually review the orthopedic experts report. In his report, he conveniently left out some causation statements that were noted by the doctor. So I was able to point those out to the attorney as well. Okay. So in his report, he weaved in elements of the treating physician's opinions. But what was left out, if you look at the original records, is that those treating physicians actually opined on the causation. Yes, exactly. It can be tempting to read a report by a opposing counsel's expert and say, well, this sure sounds legit. This sure sounds like it makes sense. But to dig into those records and to see the original records of the treating providers and see what they have to say, that's critical not to just rely on the experts, and especially not to rely on simply the reports of the experts of opposing counsel. So your attorney also hired an expert to counter what was being said by the expert of the opposing counsel. He did not. He had me review the expert report because that was actually very late in the case. I reviewed that probably a month before settlement. Did you get involved early on in the case or did he bring you in later? I was working on the case for a good nine months because the patient was getting additional treatments. So I got started in the case six months into his treatment, and then he continued to need treatments for his back pain as well. But he also was having the urology difficulties with urinary incontinence frequency, and he was on medications, and then he would go back three months later, and the medications were not effective. So then there would be another treatment offered to the patient. And he finally just realized he wasn't happy with the PO medications and he opted for the Botox treatment. It sounds like there's a lot of different layers to the injuries here. Did you get involved also in the back pain aspects of it as well? That, yeah, that was included also. That was another part of the case that was a little bit difficult because of all his past injuries. He was already taking quite a few pain medications prior to this injury. But there again, he also needed additional medication to manage his pain after. So that was another place where I showed what the patient was taking prior and what he was taking after. So your cost projection covered both the cost projection for the urinary symptoms and the cost projection for the back issues? Yep. Yeah. And I think that's also one benefit of having someone behind the scenes generate something like that, because typically when you have a testifying expert, they're very narrow in their focus. And it's going to be very difficult to find a testifying expert who is able, qualified and willing 
to testify to both the cost projections for the urinary issues and the cost projections for the back issues. So to have a behind the scenes person come along and do that, behind the scenes were a lot more liberal, I guess, whereas a testifying expert is expected to stay very tightly in their lane. A behind the scenes consultant can wander around all over the medical spectrum to pick up the red flags in any and all areas and then help that attorney to identify which aspects of the case require a testifying expert and then also to locate that testifying expert. So you may have one behind the scenes person that is overall consultant on the case and then that person points you to all the different testifying experts that would be needed to solidify your findings essentially by looking at what you looked at coming to the same conclusion. And I actually did locate some urology experts for this attorney, but he did end up not using any of them because they did go to settlement and he was pretty happy with what the settlement was. And really, that's the best of all worlds to come to a settlement that both parties can be happy with. If we can bring all the facts out in the open and get this thing to settle, all the better. Because once a case goes to trial, the chances that it's going to be a defense verdict are a lot higher. But if it's a plaintiff verdict, it's a lot more expensive for the defense. For the defense, yeah. To me, it feels like that the reason for that is because the only two types of cases that make it to trial are those cases that the defense just firmly believes that they did nothing wrong and they will not budge because they just know that they can defend themselves to a jury. Or on the opposite extreme, it's those cases where the errors were so egregious that the plaintiff's counsel is certain that they'll get a jury verdict and therefore they don't accept the low ball offers of the defense and eventually the defense runs out of time to offer something that is acceptable and then they wind up in court simply because they ran out of time to continue to make these higher and higher offers to try and get themselves out of the situation. So what that winds up looking like, I would imagine, is that the cases that wind up in trial are either clearly for the defense or clearly for the plaintiff. That's why so many of them settle. And when you can help your case settle, especially in those iffy cases, to get it to settle. My attorney said, I hate this diagnosis. Is there any way that we can prove this? So he was definitely happy that it went the way it did. Well, it sounds like you did a really fantastic job in using your nursing skills and your understanding of human anatomy and physiology, stepping outside that box of what can cause these urinary symptoms and that natural propensity to think, okay, well, he already had bladder problems. He already had, in this case, prostate problems. But you can have those symptoms aggravated by multiple contributing physiology. One of the beauties of working with legal nurse consultants behind the scenes is it's a network, really. And when you tap into that through a legal nurse consultant that you hire directly, you have access now to her network in an indirect roundabout way. If there's something she doesn't know, the chances are she knows someone who does and you know can either subcontract that out or just tap into her network in some way. You use this tool that you were recommended to use by a certified life care planner to establish that this individual was likely to live how long? 20.2 years. And so that number plays into all of your number crunching for all the different things, the daily medications, 
in this case, I imagine the patient needed a TENS or some kind of adult diaper. Yes, that would be one cost that the client would incur over the future years of his life in addition to other treatments. So if we look at just his pre-injury medications for the year, it wasn't really expensive. His pre-injury medication cost was $350 for the year. And then if we look at his post-injury medications, it was 8500 for the year. Wow. When you multiply that by the 20 years, you can get some really high numbers really quickly. And it can really help in a case like this where the attorney was worried that it might not, quote unquote, be taken seriously. Right. You, know, you can start to really take those numbers seriously. And this is with just medications, let alone the incontinence supplies that I imagine were a part of the story, which those those run 40 cents a piece. And when you add those up, we're talking about a couple of dollars a day, but in 20 years, that's a substantial that's amount. A, absolutely. Even to have a, uh, a Botox treatment in this case, between the anesthesia costs and the hospital costs and the doctor costs, et cetera, each treatment was over $3,000. Yeah. And I think with a simple cost projection for the purpose of settling, most legal nurse consultants can figure their way through that. It's almost like, I think of it like a warning. Don't make me go hire a life care planner. See right. what I mean? Look at this simple cost projection that my nurse did. Don't make me go hire a certified life care planner to spend 10 hours squeezing every last bit of value out of this because even with this cost projection, we're in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. Are you taking right. me seriously now? Because this is the minimum case scenario. Sure. Because if you do the full numbers, it's going to be a lot higher. The more you look into it, the more numbers come out right. of it. And you can literally spend even just an hour brainstorming. And that hour brainstorming can squeeze an additional ten dollars or $20,000 out of a cost projection, depending on the injuries and the types right. of case we're looking at. Very easily, the numbers start to add up for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I can absolutely see the value of that. Thank you for bringing that to our attention as a cost projection is one way that a legal nurse consultant can prime a, a case in advance of a life care planner or somebody else coming in to be able to testify to that. The real value there is that you were able to get this case to settle. And this sounds like a case that would have probably gone all the way to trial. And if the attorney didn't have your help, they would have had a really hard time or settled for much less, really. If yeah. it settled, it probably would have settled for a couple of grand. Just right. throw a couple bucks at the guy. But really... I never would have imagined that it would cost $8,000 a year for medications and then an additional eight to 10000 a year for incontinence supplies times the 20 years for something like that. We're not talking about someone in a wheelchair. We're not talking about someone who needs modifications to their home now or a wheelchair van. We're just talking about someone who has this very frustrating inconvenience of incontinence for the rest of their life. Rest of their lives, yeah. And they're going to need ongoing treatment for the rest of their life. Yeah. Thank you so much for bringing this story. I think it was a great example of how nurses can help in other types of cases besides medical malpractice and also how we can help with those cost projections and on the damages side of things in addition to what we normally talk about on the call, which is more standards of care and causation. But here you've brought some light to how nurses can help with the causation for personal injury, teasing out pre-existing conditions and providing a narrative for direct causation, as well as speaking to damages. That's really insightful. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Elisa. All right. You've been listening to Discovering the Needle. Nurse consultants help you discover what you didn't know that you didn't know about how to win your medical malpractice case. This podcast is a production of Discovery NP Legal Consultants. 
Discovery is the largest unified growing force of specialty nurse practitioners offering consulting services to medical malpractice attorneys who take cases for the plaintiff. To request a consultation or to be featured as a legal nurse consultant on our podcast, you may reach us on our website at www.nplegalconsultants.com or by calling 208-779-1990. That's 208-779-1990.